Welcome to Fuji Boos, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, 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 and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you today, Boo? I'm doing good. I'm here. It's another day. <laughs> another <laughs> another day of existence on our planet. Blessed to see another day. Thank you for asking. Um, so I was actually all excited today because I got a pair of high top Jordans and I was like, oh, I'm going to wear my J's today. <laughs> and like, they're cute and I, I like them. Normally I'll wear like um, non high top, right? Mm-hmm. Well, these are rubbing against the back of my foot and I feel like I'm going to develop a blister. <laughs> That's not a comfortable feeling. No, and I'm kind of sad because I was looking forward to purchasing more pairs of high top Jordans, but I don't think my, uh, the back of my foot, well, not even my foot, I guess it's like mid ankle or something. I don't know. Well, you know, that, you know, that adage is we suffer for fashion, right? (laughs) And I am currently suffering. I I mean, (laughs) my shoes are cute, but, uh. The back of my legs are kind of jacked up right now. Well, just don't let them see it. Don't walk with a limp. <laughs> well, I'm wearing some, some skinny jeans. So I have, you know, cute little skinny jeans on and the high top Jordans. They're black and gray. So, but yeah, so we don't want to see what's underneath the jean. But. So, well, that's the thing. Physical appearance. <laughs> there you go. But, but, you know, it's it's funny. The, the You say high tops and I think, gosh, when's the last time I wore some high tops? It's been a long time. I think the last pair of high tops, I'm dating myself, but probably LA Knights or not, not LA, LA Gear. LA Gear, that's what they're <laughs> called. But you know what? I think LA Gear, didn't they have, is it British Knights? British that's, Knights. So that's why I mixed it up. There was British Knights and LA Gear. Were they the same company? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking they were maybe. I don't know. But yes, I am familiar with, with both those styles and brands so but yeah how are you doing how's your day I'm doing well I'm just again I people are like he says this all the time but I'm just trying to pull myself together like (laughs) oh no (laughs) what's wrong well you know today is a Monday as of this recording and uh, you know I try not to buy into the whole thing about Mondays because I don't have a negative attitude towards Mondays and mm-hmm. but you know Monday is a day after Sunday where I just have to kind of get into the rhythm and swing of things sometimes it takes me longer than others and today's one of those Mondays I'm like what do I need to do today oh yeah I need to work <laughs> and <laughs> Well, you know, it is hard coming off a weekend and it's a little gloomy outside. So you kind of just want to, you know, be in the house and not doing anything. You know, we're adults and we have to work and be productive. So, but yeah. And entertain our listeners out there. Yes, we're so dedicated. So even though we are not feeling as motivated today, hey, we we got it together for y'all. So thank you, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) So, but um, talking about high tops, I know it was, it's funny because I was thinking, you know, rappers, they wear high tops. They do. And, and then my mind went to the Super Bowl halftime show. Which it's had funny. a bunch of rappers in it. <laughs> I see the connection. <laughs> but isn't it weird how your mind can work sometimes? It's like shoes and then halftime show and then rapper. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
but yeah so i did you watch any of the super bowl go well, look i only watch the super bowl for the halftime show i mean i'll stay i'll i'll keep up to uh, date with the score at the time but usually i'm never really invested yeah. um but yeah i'm invested into the super bowl halftime show usually <laughs> um they've gotten better over the years and this past one actually i quite enjoyed so typically I'll watch a Super Bowl. Um, my parents will host some type of Super Bowl party. And of course, you know, the food having to, or not having to, but getting to, I should say, eat and just indulge. But I miss the Super Bowl uh, pregame show or not oh, okay. even, not pregame, but like national anthem. National anthem and, and America yeah. the Beautiful. Well, because, so I was at my parents' house, shout out to them, love you, mom and dad. <laughs> And my dad was watching a PGA golf tournament. He's all into <laughs> golf, but we lost track of time because, so there's this golfer who I didn't know about until um, that day, which was Sunday, the, I think February 13th. Wait, but why is your dad perpetuating that as you get older, you tend to get into golf? <laughs> well, he's retired and he got time now, right? Yeah, Golfing, so. fishing. So it's funny because he was a big fisher at first and now like his thing is golfing now. So I often joke with him and tell him he's on the PGAR tour. So uh -huh. uh, PGA for retired people. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's, he's, he's cycling through all the retirement sports. There you go. So, well, there was this golfer golfing. His name is Sahith Tigala. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Well, Tigala is a three-time NCAA All-American um, at Pepperdine University. He graduated from Pepperdine and now he's golfing. He's a professional golfer. And I was just so happy to see a person of color. And of course, you know, we know Tiger Woods is a golfer, but a different person of color and a younger person in golf. So Sahith is um, Indian. And the reason why we were so um into him beating everyone else on this tournament is because I guess if he qualified for this tournament, he gets to compete in bigger tournaments and ultimately compete in the masters. Oh, yeah. So we were like yelling and screaming and, <laughs> and we were encouraged, like we were like, he can hear us, but we were happy for him. And then when we looked up, we're like, Oh no, it's, it's three fifty. like turn the Super Bowl on. So miss Janae Iko missed her singing, but I heard it was beautiful. And then I heard that, NFL screwed up her name because I guess they, they sure did. They called Mickey Guyton Janae. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, but I did see a YouTube video and they sounded beautiful. So shout out to those two beautiful ladies. And um, of course, the halftime show. So, what did you think of the halftime show? You know, um, I'm along the lines of most other people. It's like it was quite a nostalgic trip back for the most part. You know, mm -hmm. uh, going back to Dre's catalog and the people who he worked with, that's how that show got put together, essentially, is those are people that Dre has produced over the years. So and the, just the lineup of the songs, the set list that it was fun. It was just a trip down memory lane. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And it's interesting because I was talking to someone and they said that they felt the halftime show was lackluster and they thought it would be additional bells and whistles. And I had a different view. I said, you know what? I can appreciate the fact that there wasn't a lot of like pyrotechnics and 
things happening on the stage because there was so much talent involved in that halftime show. I didn't think you needed all of the extra bells and whistles. So, and Mary J. Blige looked good. I had thigh envy. So I have thunder thighs, but thunder <laughs> thighs, but her thighs were so toned and they looked so good in those boots. I was like, go Mary. She looked really good. And then also, um, you know, Dre looked good, of course, Uncle Snoop, Eminem, and then Kendrick Lamar. And it was so funny um, when Kendrick Lamar was performing my dad, he's like, I don't know about him. <laughs> and so then my mom's like, honey, he's an activist rapper. You don't hear it? We gonna be all right? And I was like, look at y'all <laughs> being in touch with this halftime show. So I enjoyed it. It was a good halftime show. Well, you're, this has nothing to do with the halftime show, but your story about that your mom knowing about Kendrick reminded me of a friend of mine who told me that just recently, her dad heard about Wu-Tang Clan. Hey. And he turned to my friend's sister and said, is that a Chinese group? Oh, no. <laughs> he didn't know. Poor, yeah. bless his soul. So. I mean, but he was trying to get educated. He so was. kudos, kudos so. to him for, for even asking. Yeah. Look, he an old Asian man. He tried. <laughs> hey, at least he tried. So. But, you know, I um, as much as I enjoyed the show and I thought Kendrick was really great, I, he just for me was the one piece that was um, the odd duck out in the sense that he was the more modern person in the group. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I think I don't blame a lot of viewers going, who is that? You know, because he is the newest rapper yeah. uh, of that bunch. And so that um, his hits won't be as familiar to older generations who knew all the other, who were probably, you know, jump into family affair in the club. <laughs> hey, you know? When Mary started singing family affair, my dad was like, this is my song. <laughs> See, there you go. You know, it's funny because I did watch some YouTube reactors watching the halftime show and this one, I can't remember which channel, but this one female, black black female was like, you know, I love Mary. Is she going to do her crazy auntie dance? And you know. <laughs> and she did. Well, and then, you know, when she flopped at the end. because Yes, like, you, lots so, of memes, lots of memes. It was a lot of memes. And someone had said, you know, why does she just flop like that? And I'm like, look. She is 51 years old and she's a millionaire. She's earned the right to flop. <laughs> Let her flop in peace. Leave her alone. <laughs> I mean, she's going to just pick herself up and go get some more of that power money. So. Okay, there you go. And I saw a meme too. It was like, maybe this is um, like telling what's going to happen in the next power up episode by, by her falling out. I don't know. So, but yeah, so overall it was good. Um I enjoyed it. I did stop watching the Super Bowl at halftime. Once the halftime show was over, I kind of just, you know, start doing other things. I wasn't as vested in the game. So, well, you know, the thing is uh, the, the 50 cent appearance was a mm-hmm. surprise to a lot of people because he wasn't wow. pre-announced. Mm-hmm. And what I heard, but heard about that was Eminem gave up one of his songs. So 50 could do that song. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So that's shout out to cool. Eminem. So well, that's good. And then um, actually that same week I had went on a bougie birthday trip. Well, what else would it be? <laughs> it ain't going to be at the Chili's. Right? No, no, I mean, but I <laughs> will is, indulge. Well, I was like, nothing wrong with 20. Chili's. <laughs> I will indulge and in, I think it's two for 20 at Chili's. It, it, it was a while back. But well, no. I was going to say like the way things are going, because I, you know, sidetracking. <laughs> 
I went to this hot chicken place I like to go to, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have a two sandwich combo. And when I used to get the combo, it would be two sandwiches, fries, whatever for, I I believe it was $14.99, right? The same meal is like $25.99. And this weekend (laughs) I went with a friend and I said, oh, give us a two sandwich combo. And then the price rang up. I didn't add any extra stuff to this order. And then I looked at the menu and had gone up to $19.99. It's a shame. So, yeah, Inflation. things have really gone up. Well, actually, just today, a coworker of ours, I was talking to her about that. And she told me she went to yogurt land and just for two plain frozen yogurts, no toppings, $17. What? Yeah, exactly. I, I won't be having that yogurt today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because the purpose of going to yogurt land, I mean, of course, yeah, frozen yogurt, but you want to get all those toppings. Mm-hmm. No toppings, and it was still $17. $17 for two of them. She kind of almost had my expensive ass chicken meal. <laughs> I, I read <laughs> I'd rather have some hot food than some cold yogurt for $17. And if you round up, it's a good what $20 for yogurt. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's insane. It's expensive out there and our wages are not going up. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, where I went, it was expensive. So I went out to Palm Springs. So it's a nice little bougie area, nice little getaway. Um, On my way out to Palm Springs, I did stop at Casino Morongo because I mean, (laughs) it's just on the way. It will plus also because I like to eat thick double C's. <laughs> I wanted to stop at Wahlburgers. So yeah. I've eaten at the Wahlburgers in Vegas. And I can remember it was expensive and everything was a la carte. But I'm like, you know, it's Wahlburgers. I'm in Vegas, try it. So, and I can remember the food was good. Well, the one in Casino Morongo, it's a little different. Um, well, first of all, it's cash only. Which to me, I'm like, this is 2022. Who does not take card? And that kind of irritated me because after lunch, I wanted to put, you know, a couple bucks in a slot machine. It is my birthday weekend. And you had to put it into your tummy. Yes. <laughs> so I had to make some decisions. I was like, I had an X amount that I wanted to gamble, but now I can't because now I got to, you know, buy this expensive burger and chili cheese fries, which I mean. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you got to though? Yes. <laughs> uh, I already, that was a rhetorical question. I already knew the answer. <laughs> well, and okay. So the picture, right? The burger had a brioche bun. The burger that I got, it had like a Wonder Bread hamburger oh, bun. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But the produce was fresh. So the crisp white onion, lettuce, and tomato, not too much special sauce, which I can appreciate. I'm not really like a, a special sauce person, but I will like a thin layer on my burger and then cheese. I mean, it was decent, right? But not the best burger I've had. Uh-huh. And then I got to order of fries. And of course I wanted to add chili on them because it's my birthday and why not? <laughs> well, I was so disappointed in the flavor of the chili. It had a really, I want to say like sour taste to it and not sour as in the food was going bad but just kind of like a tart a, a really tart tasting chili oh, what they put yeah. in the chili I don't know so I was a little disappointed but happy to say that I did take a picture 
with Mark Wahlberg with the cutout. <laughs> I was like, oh, he was there? <laughs> with, with the cutout. So, and um, yeah, so I enjoyed my, my time at Casino Morongo. And then when I left Casino Morongo, I went to Morton Botanical Garden. Mm-hmm. So it's a botanical garden out in Palm Springs. And so when you think of botanical garden, you think of like a green, pretty garden. And this garden was pretty, but it focused more on uh, desert tolerant plants, Mm -hmm. which I could appreciate too, because different species of cacti and desert plants. And it wasn't that big. It was like walkable in an hour and it was only $5 to enter. So it was a cute little, you know, like hidden gym right in the middle of the city. And then um, they had a pet tortoise there. <laughs> he was asleep, so I didn't really get to interact. <laughs> they, you they tell, no, I was like, did they tell you how old this tortoise is? <laughs> it said it was 75. Oh, okay. 75 So years he's old. still young. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had um, a cute little area where you can buy succulents and cacti. I saw the price for some of the cacti. Mm-hmm. It's like $75 for a a cacti? I don't know. I, mean, I don't typically price cacti, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a plant person either. Maybe because you're not supposed to go out and doesn't grab your own. So I mean, I would hope not. <laughs> so, but it was nice, something different because um, I typically would not visit a botanical garden, and so I just like the fact that I kind of had an alternative um, birthday trip. So casino and then botanical garden. And then finally made it to my hotel. Were you going to well, say something? I was going to say, I was going to say it's ironic that succulents are called succulents when we also use that to describe food, how something is succulent, but you don't want to eat no succulent plant. Don't so, want to eat succulent yeah. plants. Yeah, no. No. And my wall burgers was not succulent. Another, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is why English is difficult. You're, you know, you're like, so that's a succulent. But then something you eat could be succulent. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on here? I know. Yeah. So, but um, the hotel. Got to that... your hotel. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good, boo. Uh, the hotel that I stayed at, it was the JW Marriott out in Palm Springs. Very nice property, uh, very large property. So, if you're not familiar with the hotel, when you drive in, um, it's a long driveway and there's, Uh, lakes to the left and right well not lakes per se but like a water feature Mm -hmm. and then the water features have flamingos in them and then um it's a golf course like real real live flamingos real life yeah real live flamingos which is kind of odd because you're like flamingos in palm springs (laughs) but okay it's pretty It, it adds to the aesthetic of the property and um i would the property itself is five stories and there's a lake and there's three different restaurants and a big old golf course. And I will say that uh, I was upgraded. So thank you to the front desk staff who upgraded me. I had a nice view of the golf course and of the lake right outside my window, cute little patio area. And I went to uh, the restaurant on the property. It's called Rockwood Grill. And so, you know, I wanted to be bougie. So of course I wanted to have a table overlooking the lake, right? I'm like, it's my birthday. I'm going to do it up big. And so I'm like, oh, how pretty, you know, you see the ducks uh, swimming by and you're just enjoying the ambiance. Well, I get my appetizer 
and I ordered uh, some calamari. <laughs> and then two ducks just come. They come on the ledge right by my table. And I'm like, oh, they're coming because they want me to feed them. But of course, I'm not going to feed them because if you feed one, then everybody else is going to be coming. <laughs> well, those ducks are lucky that I'm not there because if I see a duck, all I see is either yummy duck breast or a good pate or some foie gras. <laughs> succulent duck breast. Yes, succulent, <laughs> succulent duck breast. Well, these ducks stayed there throughout my whole meal. <laughs> the appetizer through the entree through the dessert and then do you know that these ducks tried to ruffle their feathers literally because I was not giving them food <laughs> I was just gonna ask you that like did you see them seething with anger like what is up with this chick like mad side-eyeing me and I'm like I am not feeding you and so the waiter explained you know typically people like throw bread and feed them. And I'm like, well, I can't do that because I don't want all of the ducks coming. So I wasn't going to do that. So I just thought that that was an interesting experience. Here I am trying to be bougie and having to guard my food from the wildlife. Well, uh, not only that, but you getting bullied by ducks. (laughs) I'm like, don't you know what I can do to you? (laughs) Succulent duck breasts. (laughs) No, I won't do that. I don't want PETA to email me anything. So, but overall, um, it was a really good birthday trip. And also the staff, they were very nice. They got me a birthday card and they all signed it. That's and they cute. gave me this cute chocolate heart-shaped sucker. So I thought that was very nice. Oh, and I did forget to mention, so on the property, they have uh, boat rides. So I took a boat ride, one during the day, one at night. And it's beautiful. You just go around the property. You can see the golf course. There's also, um, you go by their spa that's on the property. You see the states that are out there. So yeah, very bougie. I was in my element. (laughs) (laughs) Hence, that's why we got this podcast. So, (laughs) So, you know, I'm going to do something that we tend to do in our normal conversations, which which is circle back on a topic going back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, what's and up? The, and the halftime shows. I forgot to mention the show, the halftime shows over the years that I enjoyed. But, you know, and ever it's subjective. Like, remember, this is what I've enjoyed. So if I don't mention something that you've liked, that's about you, not about me. So <laughs> Very nice way to put it. <laughs> I mean, we all enjoy what we enjoy. So, but I, I, I do want to say that, you know, the the past few halftime shows they've really stepped it up over the years as opposed to in the beginning i remember back in the day they really they had like children parading on the field and marching bands and that was like the halftime show traditional even last year's uh, show in 2020 with shakira and jennifer <laughs> lopez i really yeah, there was i mean people were some people were upset because of the clothing that they wore they were revealing mm-hmm. but you know i i look past that i just saw an amazing performance by two women of color latina yeah. so it was really good girl power yeah exactly and then you know they're they they own their femininity and their sexuality and they they're good performers well i didn't see anything wrong with their outfits i mean that's the typical performer outfit right like that's what performers wear nowadays but yeah when you have an audience that big they're going to hit yeah. those conserv- really conservative people yeah 
But then if, if my one of my well, actually my favorite of all time for me is Lady Gaga's halftime show. Where she'd like uh, jumped 20 million feet. <laughs> <laughs> she came down on the cable from the top of the stadium. But you know, it's just like you know, she went through her all her biggest hits and it was just staged really well. The flow was really good, her live vocals were really good. So very enjoyable for me as a fan of hers too. And then even though she's been going through rough times lately, Madonna has always been one of my favorites as well. And she put on a good halftime show back in her day in 2012, I think 2012 is when she did hers. And I really, and she had special guests like LMFAO who were hot at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember them. Wow. And then uh, Nicki Minaj was in her show because she had that song with Nicki and uh, MIA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sila was in her show as well when they did the big finale with Like a Prayer. So it was a really good performance as well. And then another amazing all-time Super Bowl performance was from Prince. Rest of in course, peace. yes. Yeah. So that show. Legend. Definitely. And he he was a trooper playing through the rain. It rained well, on purple, his set. purple rain. Exactly. <laughs> he probably said it's going to rain on my show. <laughs> he, he, summoned, he summoned the rain. I know this one. He's like, Dearly beloved, it's gonna rain today. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Super Bowl show that I remember the most vividly was Michael Jackson's halftime show. Oh yeah, that's iconic. Yeah, super iconic. I love that one. And then, but you know, something that I found out recently, which most people probably didn't know, is um, in 1991, that was the first major recording act to perform for the halftime. I didn't say who it is yet, but you'll be, you might be surprised, but they were hot at the time. But the first major uh, recording act to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show was New Kids on the Block. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wait, yeah. and isn't Marky Mark? Mark yes. Mark, New- uh, well, no, his brother, his, his brother Donnie is new, in New Kids on okay. the Block. Okay. I'm getting them confused, but I knew somebody was up. Yeah. Because, you know, Marky, <laughs> Marky Mark, he got those good vibrations. There you go. And I remember the little poster. He was kind of cute back in his uh, music days. His Calvin Klein days, music days. But yeah, so New Kids on the Block uh, were the first uh, major recording. And they had a theme of, uh, it was a, it's a small world with Disney tribute to 25 years of the Super Bowl at that time. So, the, okay. so New Kids on the Block came out of a replica of It's a Small World singing their song step by step. <laughs> You're like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, there it was. It was a chaotic mess on the field. Uh, children everywhere because they did this one's for the children, which they ended with that song. And they're oh just, yeah, it, it was, yeah. But, but you know, it's a surprising fact that, you know, if you're, if you remember your boy bands, New Kids on the Block were the first big act to perform at the Super Bowl. Well, thank you for that history. I did not know that. Then you had other ones like, in, but you know, of course, they're legends, but not my preference. You had Bruce Springsteen, U2, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, and things like that. So they've had good acts over the years. And I always look forward to seeing who they're going to announce every year. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm curious for next year because it's like, what other, I mean, I know there's millions of talent out there, but because I know every year they want to keep topping the previous yeah. year. So it's like, who are you going to get to, you know, create the buzz? To top Dr. Dre, Mary J, Kendrick, Eminem, 50 Cent. Am I well, missing someone? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I personally would love to see them have BTS on there next year. So that would be a good one. That would be a good one. 
So we'll see. I mean, NFL Network. Well, Jay-Z, you're the executive producer. If you're listening <laughs> because Jay-Z listens to Bucci Boo. <laughs> or like once uh, Riri has her baby and she decides to finally put out an album, maybe she could do a Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show. Rihanna ain't think about us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know this, but yeah. Well, and I mean, speaking of Super Bowls and the, I know the Olympics are still going on and there's a lot of controversy with the Olympics, a lot of drama going on with the Olympics. And I know I, I shared this with you, Boo, how um, the panda bears that the Olympians <laughs> <laughs> receive uh, when they're receiving their medal. I thought it was the guy from Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Jack That's Skellington. Skellington. <laughs> I mean, from a distance, I guess I could see how the panda looks like his face. <laughs> well, I was really confused. Like, why are they holding Jack Skellington? But then yeah. I kind of looked and I was like, oh, it's a panda face. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even just a panda. It's a whole panda. Like, it's the whole body's all smushed up in there. So it's a, I have, I'll have to look at it again and not just a quick glance because I did not make the connection. I was like, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas, Winter Olympics. What like, am I oh. missing? <laughs> And now Disney, Disney's got its hooks into the Olympics, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're eyeing it. They're eyeing everything else. So, hey, I mean, Disney is talking about building a, a community in Palm Springs with condos and estates and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, Disney was on you know, the Olympics. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised either. If you could have a Taco Bell wedding, then why not stay at a place in Palm Springs from Disney? I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Why just, not? There, there are things for everyone out there. <laughs> so, but I know that you've been watching the Olympics and keeping up with all of the athletes. So, so, I mean, I think the, the nice part about the, the winter Olympics that it's coinciding with February and black history month. Yes. And we've got some landmark black athletes um, who made some major strides and achievements in the Olympics this year. Woo woo. Yeah, so <laughs> I think the most prominent one right now would be Alana Myers Taylor, and mm -hmm. uh, some of you may maybe maybe not be familiar with her name, but maybe you've seen articles or just clips of her on the news. But she made history, being the winning the first women's monobob event, which makes me laugh when I hear monobob, which is <laughs> such a weird term. It's just like basically monobob, uh, a one-person sled, right? So <laughs> a bobsled. Well I saw um, her commercial um, explaining why she competes. So she competes for her son who is special needs and he is so cute. They're a cute family. So I am so happy for her and so proud to see her um, doing big things in the Olympics. So go her. Yeah, well, I mean, she's got a lot of achievements. She's the first male or female U.S. athlete to medal as a brakeman and a driver in the bobsled, uh, which she's did at the 2010 and 2014 Winter Games. And then um, again, in here in 2022, she won the monobob. She also won the two-woman bobsled this year, too, ooh, ooh. Um, with another Black brake woman, uh, Sylvia Hoffman. So, so what I'm hearing is Black girl magic. It's basically, <laughs> they, they are, they are, they know how to slide down that tube. <laughs> Well, what's funny is you rarely hear anything about monobob, right? Oh, Everything... Because it's brand new. It's brand new. Oh, is this the first yeah. year? It's that the first Mon... year. Oh, okay. So, so okay. Lana Myers-Taylor Taylor got a silver medal in the very first monobob for women and men. So. You go, girl. 
You go, girl. Black but, excellence during Black History Month. Speaking of which, uh, be, these wins have made her the most decorated Black athlete in Winter Olympics history. But another really momentous achievement was from Erin Jackson, which people might recognize, maybe not her name, but her story. She went from inline skating and just a few short years became a speed skater. And now she's an Olympic gold medalist speed skater. Keywords, few short years. She wasn't doing this since she was born. <laughs> she picked it up and was like, I can do this and I'm about to compete and dominate. Well, they were like, you know, she, I, I saw an interview with her and she talked about how when she thought the transition from inline skating to the ice would be easy, but she had to learn all new different muscles and mm. just learn how to skate first on the ice. But then, you know, her skills did translate to the ice eventually. And she, that's why I think she was able to pick up the sport so much faster. Um, but here she is winning the, the gold medal in the 500 meter event for the women. Well, to do it so gracefully, right? To do it like you're not even, I mean, you know, they're putting forth effort and trying, but just the way that they look so smooth and so elegant doing so. It's funny because I don't know how to skate. <laughs> do you know how to skate? I, I skate rollerblade. I, I, well, I do know how to rollerblade and inline. I, I, I've gone ice skating a couple of times, but it's a disaster. Oh, so no. I'm like, I probably need to wear a pillow to protect my booty. <laughs> I mean, my booty's patterned enough, but still, I, I just don't want to take the chance. I mean, hey, you got to protect yourself. So, I mean, these athletes, I'm really, it's just in awe when I watch them yeah. compete and how great they are in their sport. Well, the, just to remind people about Erin Jackson as well, is like she almost didn't get to compete because, uh, you know, dis disaster happened at the U.S. Olympic trials. But mm -hmm. fortunately, her teammate gave her her spot, gave up her spot to get, let Erin uh, go to the Olympics and and she made the most of it so thank you teammate so yeah has the teammate meddled in anything I hope good karma for the teammate Brittany Bow. okay Brittany Bow ended up winning herself um the 1000 meters speed skating bronze okay so that's like that, you know, I'm glad that she got rewarded for her yeah. good deed too so yeah but of course it's her skill as well so. <laughs> yes well that's awesome I'm happy to hear that for these black athletes and female athletes. But um, and then I, I don't want to go all day about this, but you know, there's it's great to hear about this. But I do want to talk about a black athlete I remember when I was young. And for me, when I was growing up watching the Olympics, I never really thought about race because mm -hmm. I never thought about things like that in that perspective as a younger person. Mm -hmm. But I do remember being enchanted with Debbie Thomas, the figure skater. Mm -hmm. And so, but Debbie Thomas is actually, which now that I'm older and I realize she's the first black athlete to medal at the winter games. Wow. Um, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, and I was reading that she's not only an Olympian, She's a physician as well. So yes. she has done and is doing great things. So she can fix up those people who hurt themselves <laughs> in figure skating. <laughs> Which, I mean, I've seen a couple of falls these Winter Olympics. So, I mean, if y'all need some assistance, go see your girl, Debbie Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, another aspect I remember about growing up and about the Winter Olympics was, and I think people would be familiar with the movie Cool Runnings. Yeah. And yeah, the Jamaican bobsled Jamaican team. Jamaican bobsled like, team. How can people from Jamaica have a bobsled team? And Listen, <laughs> we'll show you. Like you questioning us, just let me show you real quick. Well, that's the thing. You would think the movie just made that up for a movie plot. 
but it's based on the real team. Inspired so, by nice true part. events. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it was, but I'm sure they dealt with a lot of difficulties, but it was nice because um, the last time we saw the Jamaican bob, uh, bobsled team was 24 years ago at the Calgary Olympics in 88. So they actually came back this year in Beijing. Um, so 24 years later, we got Jamaican bobsled cool runnings team again. Um, obviously not the same people, but, <laughs> but it's nice to see them again. Yeah, of course. Nice to see them competing and representing their country. Uh, you know, I, you know, we try to keep things light and, and, and airy and fun here, but, you know, I do want to talk about a little bit about how it's difficult for athletes of color and this, especially in this case, the black athletes to get into the winter sports. And one of the obstacles and studies have shown is that uh, the cost of winter sports, right? Mm. So, and there was a study that showed that just in any sport for any person, so it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, a childhood sport costs roughly $693 to, to support each year annually. Per child. So per if you have child. multiple kids, <laughs> the, multiply that by how many ever kids you yeah, have. Yeah, so you need to tell one of them they need to do chess, okay? <laughs> Chess costs money, though. You still have to buy the board. Yeah, but... <laughs> not as much. I mean, it's not going to be $693 worth. <laughs> I don't know. Are those chess pieces made out of? Uh... Well, it depends. You you start them off on the starter board, not those really like you know handcrafted boards, but artisanal chess boards, yeah. like along with some charcuterie. <laughs> hey, sounds like a good business idea. Let me let's see that down. But see, there you have that. I was you know six ninety three is high. Mm-hmm. then uh, you see a drop-off when you have a sport like basketball it's about roughly 427 dollars a year and another an area where blacks tend to go into is track and field mm-hmm. and that's only 191 dollars a year annually in general to fund so it's you know affordable mm-hmm. but then you talk about something like skiing and snowboarding which are winter sports and the annual costs for your child one child is roughly about $2,249. Yeah, not when frozen yogurt is $17. And then per year per child. Exactly. So if you have two children, you're looking at $5,000 annually for so. an extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. And then ice hockey is the same. It's about $2,500 for the one child. So you see there's a disparity for why it's a more privileged type of winter sports are more privileged in a sense and and not necessarily about race that dynamic financially it's uh difficult for people to get into if you don't have those resources wow so and i mean it's good to see now people of color competing in the winter sports because now kids coming up can see you know i can do that too i don't have to have blonde hair and blue eyes to compete in winter olympics yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing that I, a lot of the Black athletes this year have said is that they've gotten into it, so there's visibility mm-hmm. for people, people of Black and brown faces, Yeah. So, which I love to hear. Yay, so. go people of color in the Winter Olympics. <laughs> yeah, but, and then along those lines again, I know, here I go. It's like every time I get on a topic, it's like, he's doing a sermon. <laughs> Reach. But I do Reach. want to talk about the fact that it is important that representation does matter. Oh, of and, course. And we just talked about the Black athletes. Same with Asians in the sense that, you know, maybe many people may wonder, why are so many Asians in figure skating? <laughs> and there are, I mean, it, there are a lot of Asians in figure skating. And I think 
for you, the U.S. team, you can pinpoint that to Tiffany Chin. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like in 81, she won the World Junior Championships. And then she became, she went into the seniors in 82. I think she came in fifth. But then in 83, she won the bronze. 84, she won the silver. This is at the, the U.S. National Championships. But she went to the Olympics in 84 in Sarajevo. And when she was 16 and she came in fourth. So she was kind of the hope of um, America at that point. And then in 85, she won the gold at the US championships and so forth. She was starting to build her way up. But then, um, you know, along the way though, she really did face a lot of uh, racial remarks. And there was one comment that she had made, which really was very disheartening. You know, you had talked about uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. Funny enough, she had mentioned that because she recalled it was going up in an environment where the white champions were the norm in figure skating. She said, I remember when I was growing up, a little girl told me, you're really good, but you really never be a champion. Figure skating champions have blonde hair and blue eyes, and you don't have either. Wow, that's very sad and discouraging. And Mm -hmm. I mean, for a young person to hear that, you know, luckily she was strong enough to, to keep going and to keep working on her craft because those are really damaging words because that could have been the day where she decided not to compete anymore. Yeah, and then she persevered onwards and she got those accolades. And what's important about her is even though she never won an Olympic medal, um, she she was supposed to go to the Olympics in 88, but she had a major injury at the age of 20 mm. and she couldn't compete. But her achievements inspired Christy Yamaguchi, who we all know became an Olympic gold medalist. Mm-hmm. And in turn, she inspired Michelle Kwan, who was one of the greatest American skaters of all time, most decorated for sure. And then she, they both inspired Nathan Chen, who <laughs> won the gold medal this year. So. <laughs> and he's going to inspire someone else. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, and so that just shows you, you know, the, the representation portion matters in the sense that it inspires younger people. So these black bobsledders and monobobbers and so forth, they're going to inspire young athletes who are black and Hispanic and Asian. Yes. Figure skaters will inspire other people of color. So it's just uh, important. And because some people are like, I, you know, what is this whole representation matters thing? But, you know, as we grew up, we really never have saw ourselves in mm-hmm. media. Yeah. So it's nice that we're in a place in the society where we can actually see all sorts of people, whether it's not just racial, but um, sexuality. Oh, of course. Or, you know, and More just, inclusivity. Exactly. Yeah. Just in general. So, but yeah, that's so, where we are. So what, what do you think, David, has the ship sailed for us for our Olympic? Uh... No, I don't think so. I don't... <laughs> we can you know, still, can we, can we still uh, train and maybe uh, represent? It's funny about that. I brought that up to a friend. I said, what's a sport that I could do at my ancient age? That I could, you could do that, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> but not to take anything away from curlers, like, like it's easy because oh, it's no. not. But no, you know, skill and strategy and yeah, understanding the game. I think I could do it. Hey, yeah, probably. Well, I'm. I I like sweeping around my house anyway, (laughs) so why not sweep on the ice? Well, my bad. I don't have good balance, so skating is out. I think all the sports are out at that point. You just have to learn, like Aaron Jackson did. (laughs) Yes, but Aaron is. I would. Aaron Jackson's in her twenties, isn't she? Yeah, but (laughs) why? Why would you let that stop you? That is true. That is my bones. My bones will be like, girl, what are you doing? Well, you just take some more of that Ashigawanda. <laughs> <laughs> Look at 
with you. I appreciate you trying to encourage me, boo. Exactly. I appreciate it. Well, I encourage anybody who wants to do something. Don't tell yourself you can't do something. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you want to be a self-motivator. Well, all this talk about his, uh, Black history, Black athletes and Asian athletes and everyone doing great things. I guess this would be a good time for my Black History Month spotlight. And this uh, episode, I did want to spotlight my sis and good friend. So she is Crystal Johnson and her uh, Instagram is at she is C Johnson. And so she has her around the way apparel. And the shirts are so cute. I have a couple of her shirts. So support Black business. Well, any inspiration from um, LL Cool J, Around the Way Girl? <laughs> around, I <need laughs> around the way. <laughs> well, so the shirts that I have, um, I have one that says, I'm not aggressive. I just know what the hell I'm talking about. And that's saying, uh, saying from a Black woman. So, well, so I, I, I could, I could kind of wear that too. Actually. I mean, Hey, <laughs> there you go. So boo, log on, go ahead and buy a shirt, <laughs> but I also have um, a different style. It's uh, too dope to be broke, which is a great saying. And every time I wear these shirts, people always say, Oh, I like your shirt or that's cool. That's cute. Or I like that saying. So I wanted to shout out uh, C Johnson and, just encourage everyone to go and pick up a few shirts. She also has a couple other styles up available so that I'll be grabbing as well. So again, uh, just that's my brief Black History Month spotlight. And yeah. Well, so the too broke to be dope, just for some reason, MC Hammer came into my mind. I was thinking too legit to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I am. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, too uh, legit to quit. Too. Legit. How did wait? How too did that song go? Yeah, you're right. Too hey, legit. Hey. Too legit. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Bringing back the old school. So, well, love you, Crystal. <laughs> so, have you been watching anything on TV, Boo? You know, I watch everything. Yeah, but oh, so that's, that's good. Well, yeah, that's too much for me to get into. But I know there's something you want to talk about. <laughs> well. Yes, and thank you so much. I wanted to give you the opportunity before I start blabbering. But so <laughs> well, I, as if I didn't do that already <laughs> with my my history lesson on the Olympics and athletes. So. True. Well, that's what the show is about, right? Both of us <laughs> blabbering. So, well, the second season of Love Is Blind is out. Um, for those of you who are familiar, so the show is on Netflix, and the concept of the show—it's a crazy concept. So you date people in pods and what the pods are, it's like you're in a room and there is a wall in between the pod that's right next to you. Well, not, I guess it would be a cross and you don't see the person that you're quote unquote dating. So you just hear their voice and you're asking them a lot of questions about their life and what they believe in and what they've been through, life experiences, et cetera. And the whole idea is at the end of the dating phase, you get engaged to this person and then you're engaged for four weeks and then you marry them. <laughs> Talk about speed dating. Speed dating. Speed, mar speed marriage. <laughs> well, and I mean, to me, it's not a realistic concept. 
right? And I'm not the one to say that physical attraction is everything, but in my opinion, physical attraction is something. Whether it has to be there, it does have to be there. Whether it's 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever, you know, it's subjective. It depends on the individual person. But you can talk to someone and you're like, okay, yeah, we vibe and we mesh on a mental level. But once you see them, if they're not physically attractive to you, it's going to be really hard for you to want to be with that person on a romantic level. Agreed. So that's the only concern I have with the show that the concept is not realistic. And you kind of see that. So when the couples, you know, do find the person that they want to marry and once they're engaged and then they get to meet each other and some of the couples you can see the awkwardness on the first meeting so they you know run up to each other and they hug and they kiss and they embrace and (laughs) some of the couples you can tell like they don't want to kiss it's just like moving like dodging the kiss but they're (laughs) hugging you know and it's awkward and you kind of it's like cringe because you want them to be happy with the person that they chose but at the same time, you can't fault them for not being attracted to that, physically attracted to that person. So uh, one of the couples, so Deeped, and I believe his name is, he goes by Shake. So on their first meeting, it was funny because they run up to each other. He grabs her, but then he gropes her butt. Oh, no. <laughs> Which to me was inappropriate. Did they put him in the pod before the Me Too era? like did you not know well I guess he felt that maybe he can do that at that point because that's his fiance at that point (laughs) see even just hearing that is crazy but with this particular couple it was interesting because when they were in the pods and they were dating he asked so shake asked deep if he would be able to put her on his shoulders during a music festival and and that's it's like okay well the whole concept of the show is not to focus on physical right so what he was alluding to was trying to ask her like how much she weighed but see her response should have if it was me I would have said well that depends on how much you can lift are you muscular I would have threw it back on him because it's like just because you think that the ideal person that you're looking for needs to be thin enough for you to put her or him on your shoulders then that's going to be like your ideal person you want to date and I didn't like that question right yeah it's his way of circumventing the rules and that are in place exactly so when they finally met I think he was so relieved to see that she was not big (laughs) I think that was that was his reaction like oh my god you're beautiful let me grope your butt which was like a real turn off for me well how was it how was what was her reaction I mean she was happy well she said that this was her first time ever dating a brown person so they're both Indian but they both like Caucasian people. So they connected in the pods and they're both Indian. So she was relieved that, oh, wow, this is my first time with the brown person and he's attractive. And I'm so happy that, you know, I participated in this experiment. So they ended up together. However, (laughs) in future episodes, uh, Shake, he seems like he's a little reluctant on uh, on his choice to be with her. 
So uh, without giving too much away, I'm just, it's interesting now to see that, you know, he's getting a little cold feet. Yeah. Uh, another couple, Kyle and Shayna. So this couple does not seem genuine. Um, I presume they got together because like pick and start getting slim. And it's like, oh, well, let me just hurry up and ask you to, you know, be my fiance because everyone else is, is coupling up and you're still available. So, you know, let's get married. And the thing about that is kind of like if they were your second or third choice, but now all of a sudden they're your fiance, like, wouldn't you look at that person? Like you didn't want me in the first place. So yeah. now why all of a sudden, like I'm good enough to be your fiance. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that again, this is all TV. And I suspect that, you know, some of these couples won't make it to marriage, but the only concern or problem I see with Kyle and Shayna is so they originally had differences on religion. Kyle was atheist and Shayna, she's Christian. And so Kyle was saying that, you know, he grew up Catholic, but now he doesn't, you know, participate in any religion. And so Shayna originally did not want to be with him, but then all of a sudden they're engaged. <laughs> so to me, it, it makes no sense. I'm, I'm interested to see what, you know, future episodes will, will tell, tell me about, you know, all the couples and who makes it to the altar, who doesn't make it to the altar. So that's what I've been binging. Um, well, and that's kind of what keeps you watching is that final result, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's about it for TV. (laughs) (laughs) That's I'll come up with some stuff I think uh, that I'm really interested in, but right now there's just too many for me to decide on one. But you know, I did talk about Reacher last time, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I need something to strike me like that for me to say, "Hey, everybody, I think you should watch what I'm watching." <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you're all going to be getting recommendations to watch Grey's Anatomy, which has been on a hundred years already. Well, I mean, it's just interesting to see like the dynamic going back to love is blind the dynamic of the couples and the concept of the experiment i know i would never be able to do it um so if you had the opportunity to be on this style of show would you do it i definitely would not do it because you know i have to admit i'm basically shallow too like in the sense that i do have to find that sense of physical i'm not not looking for the most attractive person in the world but i need to find what i find attractive in that person yeah so and i don't think that's being shallow i just think that that's a preference that you have i would agree with you so it depends on the view of people but yeah it always it depends on how people see things but you know i think it's more realistic to get to know somebody and then you can look past some of the physical faults when you get to know someone. Yeah. 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 Well, no, because you want someone who's going to stimulate you mentally and physically and looks fade, right? I mean, people, they grow up, they age. Unless you're us, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) I just got complimented again the other day about how youthful I look. Asian don't raise it. (laughs) Black don't cry. Look, I'm so sorry for you listeners who have to keep hearing this, but... (laughs) You know, it's a fact of our lives right now. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> hey, we got to flaunt it while we got it. Yeah, there you go. So we'll see. We we will see. But I, I am happy that two couples from Love is Blind season one are married and still together. So Cameron and Lauren, they're so cute together. 
though, and I'm happy to see that they're still yeah, going they strong. Are. Yeah, and they're a cute couple. They actually go well together. And then my mind is blinking on the second couple because I feel like Cameron and Lauren, they were like the most popular mm-hmm. as far as like appearances and, and social media presence. Isn't it like yeah. uh, Amber and Matthew? Is that who it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah that ring kind of rings a bell. So, but I'm I'm also interested to watch Love is Blind Japan. I want to see um, how that series is with the yeah. subtitles, just because well, I, I know like the beauty standard in Asian countries is, is held high. So I'm like, you know, people want to date beautiful people. And what if someone is not physically attracted to the other person or they don't think that they're up to the beauty standard? Well, it should be interesting just to see the cultural differences too and what they're yeah. looking for, the kinds mm-hmm. of types of questions that they ask and things like that. And then I think there's a Love is Blind Brazil. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, I, I heard that just started recently, actually. But and yeah. we know Brazil, they're known to be a plastic surgery capital in the world. So that should be interesting too, because they really put a lot of emphasis on physicality. And so for them not to be able to see one another, that's going to be something... <laughs> uh that's could be a volatile situation but yeah that's what i am watching so i will update you later i guess once i <laughs> i finish the season tell people how satisfied you are with the, the pairs well now i'm just more curious to see who was going to get married in four weeks so i kind of have like my inklings of who's not going to make it to the altar and then who may make it to the altar but who may get left at the altar. <laughs> well, and then um, also too, I forgot to mention. So one of the contestants on there, and I forget her name, she is engaged to another guy who's on the show, but she was someone else's number one. However, she decided to go with someone else, but now she's regretting picking the other person. Oh my goodness. So basically her love is not genuine for the person that she chose. Yeah. So it's, it's drama. So I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that too. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why she's binge watching. There you go. So something to watch, something to get on the couch and get a blanket and turn it off. If you don't want to watch anything, I guess I would recommend something to listen to. Well, actually listen to and watch because it's on YouTube, (laughs) not not Netflix. (laughs) But no, I've been really interested. Um, I've known about them for a little while, but recently uh, there's this acapella group called Voice Play. Mm. And many people really know the standard of acapella is um, pentatonics. Yes. But Voice Play is really good as well. And they put out a a lot of good covers and medleys. And uh, recently they put out some really good medleys that I've quite enjoyed. So Mm -hmm. I just want to share that with our listeners if you're interested in that kind of genre. Uh, But I will say voice play, uh, quickly to acknowledge them, they consist of Ellie Jacobson, who's the tenor, Cesar De La Rosa, the baritone and tenor two, Jeff Castellucci, he's the bass. And he's a true bass. Like he can get down, down deep in those notes. His bass... It does things to me when he goes down low, like you like. Hey. No, it's, no, it's just like it. It makes you feel. He makes you feel not just the bass and the sound, but just the music that he's trying to portray and and, and get across to you. It's a, there's a feeling in his bass sounds. So it's like baritone because I think baritone is no baritone low, is right? no baritone's above bass. Oh, so the bass is the lowest you can go. And really? See, I didn't so, even know that. 
And true basses are really hard to come by because they're mm -hmm. usually a, they're usually a low baritone borderline bass, but then uh -huh. there's, there's Jeff who's like a bass bass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like oh. he's like word out here. Like 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 Barry White. <laughs> yeah, he's down there. So, but you know, because I, I used to sing something about me. I used to sing in college and high school choirs, and I'm a tenor. So, which is, I have a higher voice, as you could probably hear on the, on the podcast here. But bass, bass voices are impressive. And then there's Lane Stein, and he does the vocal percussion, which you could also call beatboxing and stuff like that. He does all those elemental sounds uh, of uh, the, the keeping the beat and, and drums and things, just like uh, they do in pentatonics, right? But they, you know, so that's who the members are currently. But I do really quickly want to acknowledge the former members, Earl Elkins, who left. I used to like, I mean, I liked Earl a lot. And then Jay Nunn is another member who recently left. Um, but and they uh, they were on. I don't know if you remember Pentatonics was on a show called The Sing Off, mm -hmm. uh, a reality show for acapella singers. So okay. was Voice Play. They were on season four. Pentatonics won season three. Okay. The Voice Play made it almost to the finale of season four. That's cool. Um, yeah, I would recommend. Uh, lately, the things that really got me excited were the Greatest Showman um, mm -hmm. medley. Uh, so mm -hmm. if you like the movie Greatest Showman, which I think have has great songs in it. Uh, like never enough <laughs> and uh are you gonna sing some for us <laughs> no I, I was about to but I was like no and I was getting ready but I was like uh, yeah, um, beautiful voice <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know if people would think it was beautiful but yeah listen <laughs> <laughs> well it just reminds me of a time I did sing during one of our presentations at the, our university um and just off chance because the the presentation was completed I had the mic in my hand students were filing out and I decided to sing a whole new world from Aladdin oh as they were leaving and and then actually there were students coming in for the next presentation who also heard it and so and you know during the presentation we have a chance for students to leave comments on their phones that they show up on the screen mm -hmm. and then people were talking about how they love my angelic voice and <laughs> that, you know, that, I don't know, it was just, uh, there's all these great compliments are coming in. So it was very validating. Not that, you know, I already have a big head as it is, <laughs> but it was really nice to hear the students' perspective that they enjoyed my singing. Oh, wait, now you're telling us that the students tell you that your voice is angelic, but now you're not gonna let the listeners hear it? <laughs> He's like, I just wanna tease y'all. <laughs> well, I just, it just reminded me of that moment, but you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think if, if it's appropriate to be singing at this point. <laughs> Maybe for a future episode. Yeah, we'll keep, get li it out there. keep listening yeah. to hear David's angelic voice. Or, or comment <laughs> if you want to hear my so-called angelic voice. And so you could be like, um, I thought you said it was angelic. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I'm, I'm open to criticism and criticism doesn't hurt me. So No, no. I mean, we all have to face it, right? Yeah. So. But another medley that Voice Play has done that I love because I love the musical Wicked and they're going to do, uh, they, they did a Wicked medley. And uh, I forgot to mention the Greatest Showman medley was with Rachel Potter. She was guesting to do the female vocal on that. And then with the Wicked medley, medley they had Rachel Potter again, along with Imani Wilkins and they were great in this medley as well. Um, but speaking of Wicked, we'll talk to the this in the future, but the, they're finally making the Wicked uh, big screen version. Oh, okay, because yeah. I've never seen the stage play. Oh, you um, haven't? I have never made it to see the stage play, no. So, but I will be interested 
and seeing the movie. Well, the the big I, I'm surprised you didn't hear the big news, which was the cast. Um, like the two main leads are going to be Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande. Oh, those are big yeah, names. So, yeah, so. the musical purists probably aren't happy about that, but I'm cool with it. I mean, they're good vocalists. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, I heard that I think uh, the color purple too is also going to be on Broadway again, and there are some big names. No, and I he- saw it. Like I that exactly like when Color Purple came out with Cynthia Revo, that was in Broadway. I didn't get to see her in it. But then as, as soon as I heard Fantasia was in it, I flew to New York <laughs> to watch really? Fantasia and she moved me. I'm crying in the audience listening to her. Oh. So yeah, she was amazing in it. And Cynthia's great too, but you know, it was that raspiness of Fantasia's mm-hmm. voice just brought so much emotion to me, you know, and yeah. out of it. And I was just like, uh, by the end, the big number at the end. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking, like, I'm blanking too. <laughs> Well, I was going to say Fantasia, whenever she performs, because I've seen her in concert a couple of times, she does take you to church. And Mm -hmm. I like that she's real. She will kick off her heels and she will scream all over that stage. But she puts on a good show and her vocals are phenomenal. Oh, I remember. I'm here. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Because when, I mean, Cynthia does such a great job with that. But when I heard Fantasia sing it, I was just bawling (laughs) my eyes out. And I was like, because she had so much emotion in it. Her voice had so much emotion in it. Yeah, yeah, I just could not help it. So, but I was grateful to be able to fly over to New York just to watch that. And I also did that on another occasion when uh, Jersey Boys was hot. And I was just like, I'm going to fly to New York for the weekend. And I ended up watching Jersey Boys. I mean, treat yourself. Be bougie and treat That's yourself. Insane. So I mean, this is why I get called bougie. Like, you know, like uh, on Monday, how was your weekend? You know, you know, we come to work and everyone's like, how was your weekend? Oh, I just flew to New York and came back. I mean, hey, <laughs> if you got it, you got it. If you can do it, do it. Why not? So well, it's good that you have those experiences. But I mean, shout out to Broadway actors because imagine like singing at that oh, caliber yeah. night the, after night the notes the emotion acting oh and you've got to do it and, and sometimes twice a day when they do matinees and the evening shows yeah. if they're and sometimes they have the understudies do those but you know it's like if you're doing like eight shows a week mm-hmm. having to pour your heart out into these songs uh, oh my gosh yeah i cannot even. a lot a lot of mental energy a lot of physical energy wow all right boo well anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here no i'm gonna i'm gonna let our poor listeners go at this moment so. <laughs> well i have a little debbie oatmeal cream pie that's calling my name <laughs> i haven't to- had one of those <laughs> since i was a kid they are so good it's nostalgic so well and it's i think only like 170 calories so it's kind of a decent sweet snack you know to kind of kill that um sweet craving so well the thing that i think uh, keto fans would be looking at the carbs and for myself i'd be looking at the fat grams <laughs> so yeah well i just look at the calories and the calories they sit well with me and that's what i'm gonna have <laughs> well, well i hope me- you enjoy oh thank you so much and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day And And I hope all the listeners enjoy the rest of their day. Of course. And thank you for listening. And if there's anything that you want to recommend that we watch or listen to or have a comment for us, feel free to drop a DM on our Instagram. And what is our Instagram, boo? At bougie booze. Yes. We look forward to hearing from you. And till next time, booze, be bougie. 
And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.